son, therefore, shall make you free. He shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for March 14th, 2011. And today we're just going to be continuing with our current event and weekly Bible study updates. Uh, I'm going to give you, I'm not really going to get it a lot into what's going on in Japan. There's a lot of breaking news and it's for me to cover that. By the time that the teaching gets up there, there may be four or five other things that have, that have happened regarding it. But if you're on my email list... Um, I'm trying to send out the most pertinent updates, and I've had a lot of people ask me about what to do regarding iodine, <clears throat> and uh, I'm just going to kind of go over that real quick, and uh, I'm, I'm also posting that in the PDF. I also I sent this out tonight to my email list, and I'm also posting it for the PDF for March 14th, 2011, if at a future date you're listening to this and you want to know what to do. Uh, have those links at your disposal. So we're going to look at that a little bit. We're also going to be looking at Rick Warren and former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair, how they've united, and they just had a uh, Peace in Globalized Society, that's what it was entitled, Peace in Globalized Society Forum at Saddleback Church, uh, where they were both there, and we're going to be going into that quite in depth regarding that and how that relates to the coming One World Religion. We're going to look at also uh, <clears throat> how there were actually two street preachers murdered in Florida uh, in uh, I believe it was February 6th of this year, and the media was totally silent about it. I didn't even know about it until very recently. And we're also going to be looking at how TSA wants to scan and harvest your DNA, uh, as if the naked body scanners and pat-downs weren't enough. And we're going to be playing a couple clips from a man... Um, who actually saw a vision of hell. And um, I, I've sent this out before. It was kind of part of one of the studies I did a long time ago. But I'm just going to play his one particular testimony. And um, uh, it was very, very moving. Very, very moving. And I also give you the link to the teaching I did called The Deceptive Allure, Allure of Witchcraft in New Age and Near-Death Experiences. Because there's a lot of disinformation out there regarding near-death experiences. And um, it's one of the biggest lies that have convinced a lot of people that, you know, everybody basically goes to heaven and these types of things. So I give you the link to that teaching. It's quite an old teaching I've done, but um, uh, you can access that as well. And then we're going to be looking at a uh, listener of mine who actually works for Reformers Un Unanimous which is a probably the, the number one place I would recommend anyone to think about if they have any kind of addiction problem. From a Christian standpoint, they have an actual 82% uh, success rate, which is far greater than anything else out there, and way greater than anything secular-based, which is generally what you'll, you'll find uh, in the main. And then an article entitled Celebrities to Come Together... Uh, it's a, for today I am Muslim too, and it's all these, it's about all these celebrities that have come together and uh, uh, proclaim that they're Muslims for a day, evidently, in order to um, support the Muslim death cult. And we're going to be looking at a, a, also a video, the Malaysian Muslim concentration camp, camp for Christians, rehabilitation camps that they've got over there, and uh, a clip on that's rather uh, disturbing.
And then a clip from a movie called Blood Money, The Business of Abortion. So we're going to be hearing a lot of clips today. Looking at also a UN climate, uh, how the U- recent UN climate talks in Mexico started with a call or an invocation to their goddess. And we're going to be looking at that in particular. Uh, also, the uh, High Court in uh, the United Kingdom have found that Christian parents are unsuitable uh, to serve as foster adoptive parents because of their uh, views regarding homosexuality are, are supposedly harmful to children and violate children's international human rights, according to the United Nations. We're going to be looking at that. And also we're going to end with uh, just a little thing on these two new Wii games, the Wii video games. And they are corrupt, sick, perverted, and demonic. That's all I can really say. I, I can hardly even... The last one, I, I, I debated whether I should say anything about it, but it's so bad that I think somebody has to say something about it. I, I couldn't even believe it until I went to the actual site and you know looked at it. So, starting out with some Bible verses. Uh, Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22. And the KJV says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. I think in the standard 501c3 corporate church of America, you would hear this, and, and I think they would proclaim it over their congregation and over America as though, you know, our God is the Lord Jesus Christ in America. And I, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. I don't want to make a blanket indictment over everyone. But um, I think for the most part, you, you'd probably hear a lot of that nice um, uh, type of message. Uh, but the reality is is the God of America, for the most part, for the vast majority, is not the Lord Jesus Christ. We have departed from the Lord Jesus Christ and essentially, for the most part, turned our backs on Him. And when that happens, judgment always will have to follow at some point. Uh, we're looking at what has happened in Japan. And I understand there's a lot of theories out there. It could have been Harp uh, could have been, you know, the hand of God. It could have been this or that. Um, who knows? I don't know. But I know the Lord Jesus Christ permitted it to happen for one reason or another. And, and yes, uh, yes, we should be praying for them. Yes, I'm praying that somehow the, the Lord, um, uh, that many would be saved as a result of this catastrophe. Because the Bible says that there's wisdom in the house of mourning. And I don't mean mourning like when the sun comes up. I mean mourning when you mourn for someone. But the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh. And myrrh is like frivolity and, you know, careless frivolity and and just living for the moment type of thing. Um, So I, I do pray for those poor people over there. And that the Lord Jesus Christ would intervene in their lives, and, and the, the, those that are without, you know, homes and shelter and food, and and that the Lord would 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 send, you know, would clothe them and feed them, and in in these types of things, and that ultimately, though, that their souls would be saved. That um, this would be something. Sometimes the Lord will use these types of things to instill fear of the Lord in people uh, that may not have had that. And I don't think our judgment is far behind in America. So I'm not saying this in any type of sanctimonious way whatsoever. I want to make that real clear. Uh, But I do know the Lord always preserves a remnant. Um, And throughout history you've always seen that. And um, 
Uh, I just pray that, that his hand move in that particular situation. So continuing with this verse, uh, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. And horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. So that's where the eye of the Lord is. Okay, upon them that fear him. And you, you look at fear of the Lord in the Bible. It's always connected with major blessings. Uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and deliver them. So, uh, you've heard me mention that many times in the past if you've heard some of my teachings. Uh, <clears throat> so, going further, upon them that hope in his mercy. What does that imply? That implies faith. That implies, you know, you're hoping, you have faith in God's mercy. Um, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Going further, it says, to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. And again, a lot of this end time scenario that we're moving into, uh, you know, delivering their soul from death, keeping them alive in, in famine. Um, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Again, applying faith, trust. Uh, let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. So, I just kind of wanted to throw that in. It's, it's kind of an, an, a... It's good when we see a lot of cataclysmic things going on around us to get our eyes focused in on the Lord Jesus Christ and understand that a mighty man is not delivered by much strength. No king is saved by the multitude of an host. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Uh, you know, these are things that a lot of times we can we can set our eyes on things that we might have set in place in our own lives in, in maybe in a good way, meaning you've prepared the prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And to consider the ant, how he stored up food in the summer so he has you know, food in the winter to eat and these types of things. None of those, I believe, are bad if you've, if you've been doing it though mo totally uh, out of fear of um, man, I would say. The fear of man bringeth a snare, whereas the fear of the Lord, you know, is the opposite of the fear of man. Uh, these are things that you want to make sure you have your heart in the right place as you're doing these things. But all those things, we can do all those things in the world, and if we get our eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ and we do it apart from Him, ultimately, those things aren't going to um, be able to save or deliver you. Okay. Uh, and again, just really the, the key point here is getting your eyes fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ um, and on His mercy and, and having your hope in Him regarding the days and times that we have coming. Uh, first thing I just wanted to mention, had a lot of people email me about the uh, radiation fallout, you know, proactive things that they can do. Um, potassium iodide is the main thing that is indicated 
for protecting the thyroid from radiation. Okay, and potassium iodide. They're asking me when we should, should we take it. Well, now would be a good time to start uh, because again they are saying the jet stream uh, is going to come from Japan straight across California and then across America, and the jet screen, stream kind of goes up and down and. Ultimately, you know, it's probably going to get to, to Europe and these types of things. Maybe it won't. I, I don't know. But this is something that you can do proactively, and it's better to be safe than sorry. Most of everyone out there is totally deficient in iodine anyway. They've totally removed it from the food supply. They used to put it in bread. Then what they did in, in their infinite wisdom is t- it took um, iodine out of bread and substituted a substance called bromine, um, which kicks iodine out of the thyroid, and then they introduce chlorine into the water supply. Now you have to understand, chlorine, bromine, and iodine are all halogens. They're all the same chemical family, and they compete with one another in the body. Um, bromine and chlorine are harmful halogens, essentially, in the body. And they will kick, both chlorine and bromine will kick uh, iodine out of the thyroid. Ninety, uh, approximately ninety percent of all iodine in the body is stored in the thyroid, and it's essential for a lot of different things. It purifies your blood. It's what actually keeps your thyroid functioning correctly, which has a lot to do with your metabolism. It has a lot to do with your your skin, uh, your ability to heal, your ability um, to fight off viruses and infections and things of this nature. Uh, it has a lot to do with energy levels, has a lot to do with basal metabolic rate, meaning your metabolism. Uh, it's very, very important stuff, and um, most people are deficient. In it. And I give you, there's a couple links here of a man who's actually making Lugol's iodine, which was considered, since the early 1800s, an absolute kind of cure-all elixir type of thing. People would, would do one to two to three drops per day, <coughs> Uh, in some type of liquid for for decades and decades and decades. And then the government comes along and says, oh, no, 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 this is no good. We're going to remove it from the food supply. Not only are we going to move it from the food supply, we're going we're gonna to substitute bromine for iodine in bread. And again, bromine kicks iodine out of the thyroid. It's terrible for you. And then we're going to also put chlorine in the water supply, which also kicks iodine out of the thyroid. And it does a whole host of other horrific things to you. Uh, to your body, cancer, and it plaques your arteries up, and all kind of other things like that. Um, and it, it's it's terrible uh, what, what they've done. Just, just one thing they've done to the food supply in the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years to ultimately destroy us. Because ultimately, they've got to find a way to depopulate the planet. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Well, that's just one of his many... Boy, I mean, you've got the chemtrails, you've got you've got fluoride in the water supply, you've got all of the additives, and, you know, I, I've said this before, there's just no way I can get into it all. They're, they're trying to kill us on so many different levels that it, it boggles the mind. But iodine is one of those things that <clears throat> they have, <coughs> excuse me, they have removed from the food supply, but it's, it is something that you can um, introduce, and he gives you, he when he's in these videos, in these um Videos and again, this will be on the PDF for three fourteen two thousand eleven at continuefortruth.com, and I also have some other links on the right side of that web page of alternate sites that also have the PDFs and the audio teachings. Uh, and um, you can you can 
click on these videos, these YouTube videos, and it's they're entitled Making Lugol's Iodine. Lugol's is spelled L-U-G-O-L-S. You could go up there and key it in yourself. And um, I've never seen anybody make it, but they've banned, essentially, Lugol's Iodine for human consumption now. Uh, that happened some years ago. And, uh, you know, it was used for all these decades and decades and decades, and then all of a sudden it's a poison. And, um, but he actually shows you how you can make it. You can't buy it anymore, not for human consumption. Uh, and, uh, you know, he gives, he's got a lot of really cool recipes that he gets into there that you can do yourself. I mean, all kind of neat things you can do, making your own butter. And, and he tells you a lot of the health attributes of why you're doing this and this and that. And, um, Right now, the biggest problem I'm finding is <clears throat> there was, a, <laughs> I've been sending everybody to uh, Raiders News Network, survivalmall.com, to get their potassium iodide. Now, this is a very stiff dose of potassium iodide. Um, it's a very, very strong dose, okay? Most people, it's not going to be a big deal because they're so deficient in it anyway, they can handle a big dose like that. It's it's if you've already been saturated, if if you've already been taking iodine, you're not going to need as big of a dose as they're recommending. Now let me tell you, if you've taken too much iodine, one of the main things that'll happen is you'll get a pounding, incredibly painful headache. I had it happen. Okay, and I'm not prone to headaches, but you'll know it. You can also have a brassy taste in your mouth. Uh, and you can kind of feel almost like you're you're kind of coming out of your skin a little bit, but the headache is generally the biggest giveaway that you've reached what what they call tissue saturation when it comes to iodine. So kind of be careful if, if you get some of their potassium iodide tablets called Thyrosafe. It's a it's a monstrous dose um, of of potassium iodide and. You know, they've got a dose for the kids and they've got a dose for, for the adults. Just bear in mind that, that, that if you get a really big pounding headache, you've reached tissue saturation and you need to kind of back off because you don't want to keep pounding it in there if you've already reached it. Now, he gives you a little thing that you can do where you actually take the Lugol's iodine that you would make in this case. Now, it, it, is, it can be purchased on the internet if you know what you're doing. Um, but you, you, you can't really, you can't advise anybody that you can take it internally anymore, okay? You could use, I would say, Lugol's iodine, if you could find it on the internet, you could use it in order just to do the, um, the, the test for it. And it's where you actually take a drop of the Lugol's iodine, and you actually put it on your wrist, and he'll show you how to do that in the YouTube video, and you see how quickly it absorbs into your system. And I believe if you, if it has a, a like a dark brownish color, a reddish brownish color. And if it's gone um, in less than four hours, if you can't see it anymore, that's a very strong indicator that you're very low in iodine. And some people, I've seen some women in particular, because women have a tendency to get more low in it than men, it's literally been gone in like 15, 20 minutes. Their body just sucks it in. It wants it so bad. And it is a way that you can actually dose yourself topically. And I got a tip um, regarding this, saying to protect your thyroid from radioactive damage, a simple bottle of what they call clear iodine, which I'm not really 
sure exactly what they're in reference to, or Lugol's iodine applied to the feet twice daily, morning and night, will protect you from what, from what they call floating radioactivity, which may already be in the U.S. atmosphere. Okay, that's the radiation in the in the uh, in the sky type of thing or in the air. Uh, they go on to say, this is what the Japanese government has issued to residents around damaged reactors. Now, if you apply the Lugals topically, there's a much lower likelihood you'll ever have that pounding headache reaction. It's more so if you were to try to take iodine tablets internally, particularly if they're very, very high dosage. Uh, I don't think they quite emphasize that enough. I mean, that's a, it's a massive dose. And generally speaking, I would never start a patient out um, on the on the milligrams they're recommending for an adult, they're recommending 130 milligrams per day. Now, granted, this is like okay, you think you've been exposed to radiation, you're not worrying about side effects, you're worrying about survival. So, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. If you get this massive headache, kind of try to either break up the dosage more or get it into your system a little bit slower if you can, because the potential is there. And there's other people. Another thing. Certain people are more sensitive than others. You can give a patient one thing that does not phase one patient, and you can give another patient a quarter of the dosage that you gave that first patient, and it like puts them on their back. You just never know how somebody's going to react. And a lot of people have what they'll say, well, I'm allergic to iodine. Most likely, and here you have to understand something physiologically, you cannot live without iodine. You can't live without any iodine in your body. Your body has to have it to perform different functions. Um, and as a result, when somebody would say, well, I'm allergic to iodine. Well, actually, what most likely has happened is you had a bad batch of shellfish at some point in your life. You went out and you had um, lobster or shrimp or something. And what happened is, is the liver from this bad batch of shellfish, because there's a lot of other garbage in shellfish. Shellfish are bottom feeders, okay? Lobsters, I call them like the cockroaches of the sea. They have a hard exoskeleton just like a cockroach does, and they kind of look like one. Now, they taste really good. I'm not saying they don't taste good, okay? I'm sure they taste way better than a cockroach, but, of course, I've never tasted a cockroach. Hopefully, I'll never have to, but um, the thing is, is they're bottom feeders. So what happens is all the garbage that falls to the bottom of the ocean. And a lot of that is feces from fish and things of this nature. They eat that, and then you are what you eat, right? Well, that gets concentrated in their tissue. You eat them. And this is why shellfish in the Levitical Dietary Guideline Systems were considered unclean. Okay? And, again, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I did a whole teaching on that uh, called the Wisdom of the Levitical Dietary Guidelines. Not because we're under the law, just because there's wisdom there to glean. And if you go up to contendingfortruth.com and key in like Levitical or dietary in the search box, you should be able to find it. Um, you, you eat, okay, so at one point in your life you ate a bad batch of shellfish, most likely, okay. Your body, meaning actually your liver, tends to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And why, what I mean by me saying that is that when you ate that bad batch of shellfish, your liver said, wow, this is toxic. There's something mega wrong here. I'm going to tag this substance as an allergen. And I am going to remember that in the future when I eat that 
and I am going to have the same reaction, if not worse, the next time this happens. Uh, this is called a histamine reaction, and they start in the liver. The liver is what tags these things, okay? So, the problem is, is that shellfish was really high in iodine. So, the liver has tended to throw the baby out with the bath water, and every time um, you might eat something with high iodine, it remembers it and, and kind of throws it in that boat. So, one of the things that you can do, there's a company called Standard Process. You can go up on the internet and access them. You have to buy this stuff through a healthcare professional. I'm sorry, but they're the only company that I know of that makes this product. It's called Antronex. Antronex helps the liver tag things properly. Okay, so granted, if it's mercury and if it's garbage, yeah, it's not going to say to the liver, okay, it's good. Like, which this is what Benadryl does. This is what things like Benadryl will do. Benadryl just says, it shuts the liver down. It says, liver, you're stupid. You're dumb liver. You don't know what you're doing. And it shuts it down and it stops the allergic reaction and allows the toxins to stay in us, which isn't the solution either. Antronex is a substance called Yacrotron, and um, it actually helps the liver tag uh, things as friend or foe accurately. Okay, It doesn't happen, let's say, overnight either. And what I would tell people is if they were ever to try Antronex, you know, Take like, I'd say, six a day, and then maybe after like a couple weeks. And I don't mean if you've had an anaphylactic reaction off something. I don't mean like if somebody put an EpiPen in your chest and they had to bring you back to life type of deal, okay? Um, when I say EpiPen, epinephrine into the heart, and they actually, I mean, if that's if somebody has a really severe anaphylactic reaction type of deal. Okay, I don't mean if you've had that kind of reaction, to, but I'm saying if you've had like you know mild reactions to this or that, and you're, they say, well, I'm allergic to it, try the Intranex for a couple weeks at like a six-a-day dosage. And um, uh, what can happen is, is the liver can actually then tag something that's friend or foe. Now, you should also do this in conjunction with the liver detoxification. Most people are walking around with totally toxic livers. You could go to most health food stores and go in there and ask them for their best like herbal liver detox Okay, that they've got. Start slow. Drink plenty of purified water while you're doing it. Also good to do that in conjunction with some type of bowel detox. We're just toxic. I mean, we're being bombarded with so many different chemicals. These are things that uh, everybody should be doing at least on a yearly basis. Okay? So just, and please don't bombard me with a whole bunch of questions about all of this because it's hard enough for me to answer all the questions as it is. Just go back, re-listen to this portion of this audio because I don't really have a lot of like Word documents on, on um, everything that I'm talking about. A lot of this stuff I'm just throwing to you off the cuff. I've been a doctor for over 15 years, specialized in clinical nutrition. Um, I was at a level where I could literally teach other doctors how to use particularly the standard process product line, but um, which is just, it's, it's a product line with over 200, 200 products in it, and they're, they're for very specific purposes. And um, anyway, that would be what I would advise to do if you have a problem with iodine, okay? But again, do it really slow. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that this is uh, advice that's substituting for conventional medical whatever, because I have to say that as a, from a disclaimer type of standpoint. You know, if you have any serious health issues, uh, me as a, as a chiropractor, I'm supposed to tell you, you know, seek 
competent medical advice. From a disclaimer type standpoint, I have to say that. So anyway, um, those are some things that, that you can do. Uh, I give you the links here in the PDF uh, for 314 if you want to explore that further. And uh, that hopefully will be a blessing to you. The first article here we're going to really get into is entitled Peace in a Globalized Society. Rick Warren and former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair unite. So it's kind of a match made in hell. And, uh, I, you know, they really belong together, as, as you're going to see. This is a special report by Lighthouse Trails Research and Roger Oakland on March 7, 2011, Roger Oakland, founder of Understanding the Times International, and two other members from his ministry attended the Peace in Globalized Society Forum at Saddleback Church in Lake Forest, California, which featured Rick Warren and special guest former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair. Roger Oakland and his co-workers obtained eyewitness seats at the event that included well over 2,000 people in attendance. Although cameras and recorders were not allowed in the main sanctuary, where the interview took place, uh, the UTT team took notes. What Oakland and his team heard caused much concern, thus the reason for the special report. Warren and Blair spoke about Warren's peace plan and his three-legged stool plan. Tony Blair spoke about his interfaith foundation, the intrafaith faith foundation. It's kind of redundant. Both speakers were noticeably excited about what they were doing for the world. <clears throat> According to the 2010 UK Observer report, Tony Blair is preparing to launch a faith offensive. Uh, and, and it is very offensive, but he's planning to launch a faith offensive across the United States over the next year. After building up relations with the network of influential religious leaders and faith organizations. I mean, isn't this bizarre? I mean, former Prime Minister of England, and he's all of a sudden so concerned about, you know, religion. You know, he's converted to Catholicism now. And now all of a sudden, I guess this is his Illuminati marching orders. Is, is really the main thing I think of. So he's building up relationships with network a network of influential religious leaders and faith organizations. It's just the 501c3 corporate, you know, church of, you know, America and, and the airwaves and... and uh, you know, TV and these types of things, I'm sure. Blair's foundation is developing a U.S. arm that will pursue a host of faith-based projects. Given the fact that Warren joined the advisory board of Blair's foundation, it is safe to assume Saddleback will be part of the U.S. interfaith arm. Now, you bet, you better believe it. They're going to be in lockstep. At the forum, both Warren and Blair stated the only way a global peace could happen on planet Earth in the future would be for all faiths, all faiths, to work together and do good together. Now, that good that they would be doing together would be an absolute total abomination in the sight of the Lord Jesus Christ. But see, from a temporal, secular, we're doing good type of worldly standpoint, it's going to look, you know, real good. The audience at the forum appeared to be mesmerized and awestruck as they were wooed with discussion on faith, good works, democracy, and coming together. I, I just It's so mind-boggling and blowing to me that people could sit there in these things and, and have such little biblical... Um, 
I'm, I'm just like drawing a blank. They're so biblically illiterate where they could sit in there and, and literally be watching the formation of the Christian arm, the, the pseudo-Christian arm of the coming one world religion of the beast. And here they are, they're sitting there mesmerized and encouraging and wanting to move forward into this. And in the blindness that, that these people are under, I mean, the prince of this world has blinded their eyes, Satan, that they cannot see. And yet these people would call themselves Christians. And it's all works-based, notice. Discussion on good works, democracy, coming together. You know, all of the religions in the world. Even though those religions, I mean, from a, from a biblical standpoint, they're talking about all the religions. I mean, you know, there's unbelievable amount of religions that would be totally diametrically opposed to born-again, Bible-believing Christianity. And evidently, they're just to a point where in the 501c3 corporate church at large, for the most part, where they're just willing to totally overlook that now. They're willingly ignorant and blind. It's like they, they, um, they're, they're wanting these delusions. They, they're, they're wanting to be deluded and deceived and destroyed for lack of knowledge and, and overcome with evil. It's unbelievable. Going further, beneath the vernacular, however, was another story. Blair and Warren also mentioned that they have partnering, been partnering with the president of the Rwanda in an effort to develop a purpose-driven country as an initial step to establishing a purpose-driven world. So again, I mean, we see this... I talked about Chuck Missler not too long ago. This is very, very... Uh, confirmatory and very much along the same line. And isn't it funny where he's targeting right now with these satellites and, and with that one world currency is in Africa. And and this is where Rick Warren's targeting. Rwanda. And I, I don't know whether they feel like these are good test countries. Maybe they feel like they can deceive them easier. I'm not really sure. There's got to be a reason though that they've picked Africa. And it, it, Rick Warren's doing the same thing here. So they want to develop Rwanda as the first purpose-driven country. And then on, on, as a stepping stone to a purpose-driven world, which is nothing more than the coming New World Order. In 2005, Rick Warren announced his global PEACE, and it's an uh, abbreviation, a peace plan to his congregation, and then in 2008 he announced that Rwanda would be the first purpose-driven country. In 2003 he said of the New Age sympathizer, Ken Blanchard, that he had, quote, signed on to help with the peace plan, and he's going to be helping us train leadership and how to train others to be leaders all around the world. So, in 2003, Rick Warren said this. He's got this New Age sympathizer, Ken Blanchard, who's going to sign on to help with the peace plan, and he's going to actually be training Christians in leadership on how to train others to be leaders. Why would you want some new ager showing you how to be a leader? I mean, it's just total insanity. It's just, it defies logic. Blanchard is just one of the many new spirituality leaders whom Warren has turned to for assistance in building the peace plan globally. 
While Blanchard's name is not mentioned much publicly by Rick Warren these days, Warren still sits on Blanchard's board of advisors with a number of new agers at Blanchard's lead, uh, like the Jesus Organization. Now, this article, just so you know, has a lot of different links you can click on if you want to explore any you know, particular thing that we're saying here. Blanchard has been promoting New Age mystical teachers for many years and even today sits on the board of the New Age Hoffman Institute. In 2007, Blanchard wrote the foreword to a book that was inspired by Hindu Swami Paramahashana Yoganandanda. Sorry, I'm, it's almost impossible to pronounce. Uh, anyway, so he wrote the foreword to a, this Hindu Swami, this, this Blanchard guy. Will this Warren Blair peace plan be one that is driven by mysticism? Absolutely. It seems apparent that neither Rick Warren nor Tony Blair understand that their peace plan goals are fulfilling Bible prophecy, which speaks of a peace that is not from God but will deceive many. By appearances, the majority of people who were attending the forum last week appeared mesmerized and awestruck by what is being said. Now, you have to understand, if if you were at this conference and your eyes, your spiritual eyes were allowed to be open, you would see probably more demons and devils and fallen angels than you could even comprehend. Because they're the source of this delusion, of this blindness that is that is literally, you know, and, and again, this is the strong delusion that is spoken of in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. When you go and you sit under Rick Warren, and you sit under you know Tony Blair and, and these reprobate, apostate, wolf in sheep's clothing uh, types of pseudo-pastors, you are taking pleasure in unrighteousness. You have literally just said, I don't care what my Bible says. You know, it's irrelevant. I don't care if all of this stuff fulfills end time, you know, prophecy and, and, and this is the absolute earmarks of the, of the falling away of the church and these types of things. I don't care. I know how I feel. Well, what is that? That's your heart. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. According to Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six. And the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. The Bible says that in the end times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron, according to 1 Timothy 4, 1. That's what this is all about. They're giving heed to seducing spirits. I mean, they may be thinking, well, it's just Rick Warren. No, it's all the demons and devils and fallen angels that are emanating and operating through Rick Warren and his wicked ministry to blind and deceive and delude them and damn them to a devil's hell, ultimately. I don't believe there's very many people at his church that are truly saved. I just don't. Maybe I'm not saying there's not any, but I don't believe that it's got. it could be a high percentage. Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you are bastards. Most of those people in Rick Warren's churches, I do not believe are under God's chastisement. 
A lot of them would, you know, say, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm not under God's chat. I don't have any conviction to leave here. I'm very content. That's really bad because most likely their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. And I don't know how to get it unseared. I'm not saying God can't do it. But those seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, they will eventually produce a conscience that's seared with a hot iron. And if these people aren't being chastened of God, then how are they God's kids? Because if he's, if you're his kid, he can spank you. And he will, if you get out of line. I'm not saying it might happen like instantaneously, but at some point you're going to... You're going to come under that conviction. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. You're going to come under that conviction that there's something wrong here. you know. And it, for people that stay in this stuff year after year after year, and there's no conviction at all, and they're just happy to go down this broad path, what other conclusion could you really draw? So, uh, let's go further here. By appearances, the majority of the people who were attending the form last week appeared mesmerized and awestruck by what was being said. Do they not realize that this three-legged stool that Rick Warren talks about is the joining together of the government, business, or economy, and religion? That this plan is a plan by man and not by God? That's what they're talking about with this three-legged stool. The coming joining of government, business... What does that sound like? It sounds like the one-world government, the one-world... The New World Order of the Antichrist. It is. It's the exact same thing. Biblical prophecy just being played out right in front of you, and they they have no eyes to see it. Now, and I'm not saying this because I think I'm Mr. Wonderful, and I got everything figured out, and I'm Mr. Sanctimonious over here, and I'm the only one that, that you know, I, listen, I've said this before. If I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for every breath that, that he gives me because I know that I don't deserve it. I didn't deserve to be saved. I don't even deserve to be living, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, the, how Paul said in the Bible, Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? I can relate to those verses. You know, it doesn't mean that we have a liberty, to, we use our liberty for an occasion to the flesh and we go around living like the devil. But, so just let me say that as, as well, because I, I don't want it to sound like I'm Mr. Sanctimonious here. I'm just trying to, State facts. I mean, if I was deluded and deceived, and I was going to one of these churches, this same would apply to me. I'm not trying to hold them to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. And yes, I have been deceived before. Uh, for up until I was 24, before I got saved, I mean, I lived totally secular lifestyle, and then got into really crazy, hyper charismania, Pentecostal stuff. And so I have been deceived, and I have been deluded. But the Lord's brought me out of those things. I had a desire, you know, for truth. And um, I don't see a lot of desire for truth, it seems as though, with these people. They seem to be content uh, with delusion. They, they want delusion. They want that. And uh, it's very, very sad. Anyway, let's go further here. Rick Warren has also partnered with Chuck Colson, the, the supposed Christian leader who authored the Evangelicals and Catholics Together document in 1994. So Chuck Colson is just one of the many, you know, out there that is, um, you know, part of the coming uh, push for uh, a one world religion, essentially. 
Uh, he also uh, was the um, author of the uh, Manhattan Declaration of 2009. Former Catholic priest Richard Bennett uh, let me just start over. Former Catholic preacher Richard Bennett documents the embedded Catholic agenda in the Manhattan Declaration, as does Chris Pinto of Adelum Films. There's a lot of people that were like for that Manhattan Declaration, and it wasn't good. Uh, you know, it, it, it was just one more thing to, again, bring the, the pseudo-Christian religions of, particularly of America, uh, as to unite them as one. <clears throat> Going further, at the Global Forum last week, two state innovations were given to Tony Blair for his support of the U.S. in the war against terrorism. Mention was made that Blair is now involved in trying to broker a peace plan with the nation of Israel with his faith-based program. He thinks he can do this in time. But what, what will an interfaith peace plan look like in Israel? What will it look like in the world? While Rick Warren is a Baptist and Tony Blair is an ex-Anglican, now Roman Catholic, neither showed any concern about the major doctrinal differences between evangelicals, Protestants, and Catholics. Uh, Warren said, it's all about working together to do good. In 2005, the broadcast host Charlie Rose, uh, with broadcast host Charlie Rose Warren stated that there are over 2 billion Christians in the world. And he said that number includes the hundreds of millions of Catholics. And, and this is what just boils my blood more than anything when I hear Christians being lumped in with Catholics. Catholics, as I've stated before, are nothing more than the largest pseudo-white uh, witchcraft death cult, pseudo-Christian white witchcraft death cult on the planet. That's all they are. They're going to be the coming backbone of the coming one world religion. Their works-based uh, white witchcraft garbage that you know they teach, and all of the unbiblical things that they do, and, and the fact that they killed over 50 million, and a lot of them were real born-again, Bible-believing Christians during the Inquisition, and all of the atrocities they have committed, and the hypocrisy, and the pedophilia, in the in the... Uh, in the ranks of their priests, and all of the, the debauchery that goes on behind closed doors. And then they have this veneer that we're so much better, and we wear our big flowing ga- gowns and garbs, and it's like Jesus Christ said, they're white and sepulchers full of dead man's bones. They look nice on the outside, but inwardly they're full of dead man's bones. So, he said... Rick Warren said, there's over 2 billion Christians in the world, and he said that this number includes hundreds of millions of Catholics. You know, this is, this is the type of doctrine Warren preaches. So Rick Warren goes on to state, he said that the, quote, minor doctrinal differences should not keep the two groups separated, meaning, you know, Christians and Catholics. Then he goes on to say, what I'm interested in is bringing the church together, we are never going to agree on a lot of things, but I found we do agree on purpose. On purpose. Of course, there was no mention at the forum last week about the papacy's plan for a worldwide Eucharistic Catholic Christ. Who will come on the scene to be worshipped by the world? Hmm, that's interesting. 
There was no there was no mention about that on the papacy's plan for their because they're planning on you know their Eucharistic Catholic Christ who's going to come on the scene to be worshipped by the world. You know th- these days are coming when you know whether that is Maitreya, whether that is some kind of false Sananda Emmanuel Master Jesus as we've talked about in, before the Ascended Master. Knock fake fake knockoff version of Jesus of the Jesus Christ of the Bible. Uh, those days are coming. And I've done tons of teachings on these subjects to prepare um, my listeners for when that comes, and, and that they're they're going to be able to have an answer for for when this all happens. Because <clears throat> I really believe we've only seen the tip of the iceberg regarding the delusion. Uh, the delusion that's coming is going to be far greater than anything we've ever experienced up to this point. So it goes on to say, will this interfaith purpose-driven peace plan include that Eucharistic false Christ? Yep. And see, that's going to be the main crux of how this all happens. Lines, signs, and wonders and miracles. It's how the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the, the whole world. They, they shall deceive the very elect if it were possible, according to Matthew twenty four twenty four. And the very method by which they're going to do that is lying, signs, wonders, and miracles. Their, their appearance, their coming on the scene, is going to be of a miraculous, larger-than-life type of entrance. So that, in and of itself, is going to appear as a miracle, or a lying, sign, and wonder. Just them coming on the scene. And people are so, you know, wanting... A sign and miracles, whereas Jesus Christ said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. The, the word of God should be enough for us. Okay, The word of God, the completed word of God should be enough for us. We shouldn't have to have all these other things in addition to. But most people, they go after that. You know, the Catholics and the Pentecostals are really, Charismatics are really bad about that. And they're looking for some type of sign, some new thing. And a lot of this stuff, here, here, here's how you can really separate it real quick. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, is it, if it doesn't glorify the God of the Word, okay, if it doesn't point people to the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, then it's not of God. It's real simple. But see, you have to know your Bible to be able to discern that. What is truth? Thy word is truth. Jesus Christ said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What if you have somebody that says they're a Christian, and they're not even, they've thrown his word out a long time, and not only they're reading a false version, if they read it at all, and maybe a tiny bit every once in a while, they don't know the word of God, they just go by whatever Man has taught them, whereas the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord, Jeremiah 17.5. So they're just going by some man's teaching. They've, they're reading a false version, and that they hardly even read at all. Well, they're not continuing his word. How are they going to know the truth, and the truth is going to make them... Because everybody, the secular people even love to quote that. Oh, you should know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, you got to go back to the... the sentence prior to that and see what's that what that is conditional upon if you continue in his word then are you my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free 
So you need to make sure you're reading the right Bible, the King James Bible in the English-speaking language. Okay? I've done several teachings on that. And, and continue in the Word. Memorize it, because there may come a time when you may not be able to uh, have a Bible. You never, never know when those days could come. So going further here, in the Charlie Rose interview in 2005, Warren said that we don't have to have the same religion or moral beliefs to work with people on poverty, disease, etc. You know, and again, this is totally contradictory to the Word of God. The Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what communion hath light with darkness, and Christ with Belial, or the devil? Wherefore come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the un- and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. That's what the Bible says. We're not supposed to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But Rick Warren ignores those verses. Totally ignores them. He has to. He just has to. Um, or he uses probably such a watered-down Bible version that, you know, they can extrapolate something out of there where... And this is, again, why it's so important what Bible version you're reading. So, going further... Um, okay, sorry, I I'm, I'm got tied up there for a sec. Um, so, Warren said that we don't have to have the same religion or moral beliefs to work with people on poverty disease. Okay. Um, as an example, he said that he had met the president of the gay activist group, ACT UP. Isn't that a great name for a gay activist group, ACT UP? And asked him, Eric Sawyer, I guess who is the president, yeah, of this gay activist group, ACT UP. He said, how can I help you get your message out? Rick Warren said this to the president of a gay activist group group. How can I help you get your message out? You know, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I really believe at some point God is going to send a pillar of fire down on these devils. Consume them before all men, that all men will see and fear and declare the work of God, that they will wisely consider of God's doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in Him and all the upright in heart with glory, according to Psalm 64. I really believe it. I don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, you look at Ananias and Sapphira and Acts, and you compare that, what they did, to what Rick Warren's doing. And I mean, there's there's not even a remote comparison as far as the egregiousness of what goes on and what is said and what is condoned by these wolves in sheep's clothing. These hirelings that have no true love for the sheep because they're doing it for the hire and the money. These these angels of light that they're that are they appear as angels of light, but they're inwardly they're ravening wolves. I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. He's he's wanting to know how he can help good old Eric Sawyer, the president of a gay activist group, get his message out. Sawyer answered and said, "Quote: Use your moral authority." Now, there's a link here. I guess you can hear it. it um, And then Warren said to Rose, I'm working with these guys. I'm looking for a coalition of civility. And again, the Bible's very clear. Be ye not unequally yoked together. I mean, of all things to be yoked up with, why doesn't Rick Warren just get yoked up with Planned Parenthood? 
mean, that's the next step right there. Why doesn't he sit on the board and say, you know, listen, we can we can destroy and abort babies. We've got to all get along. I mean, why doesn't he do that? Because he might as well. He's already, I mean, <laughs> this is just unbelievable. I, he says, I'm working with these guys. This is a quote from Warren. I'm looking for a coalition of civility, which means let's get back to the original meaning of tolerance. Well, the thing is, is you can sit there and placate a homosexual and tell him, yes, you're going to go to heaven and you're a good person and this and that. And all you're doing them is damning them to a devil's hell. You're just, you're just telling them a lie. You know, for the sake of civility and tolerance and political correctness. And then this goes on to say, well, the purpose-driven peace plan and new reformation include practicing homosexuals. You better believe it. Warren seems to believe this new purpose-driven world will be all-inclusive. Yeah, it will be. The only ones that will not be included in that are born-again Bible-believing Christians. Then it goes on to say, how can this be called a reformation from God? Both Blair and Warren have a vision to see churches with like-minded visions planted all over the world. These churches will be the ones of any faith. And all... uh, Let's see. In all faith, as long as they have some kind of faith in some God. I mean, this is the apostasy that the Bible predicts in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in full swing. This is the falling away of the church. This is the strong delusion that God said he was going to send. Uh, So much of the Bible is confirmed by what we see. Uh, It's so flagrantly obvious what's going on, you know, from a biblical standpoint, and yet they don't see it. Willingly ignorant. These churches will be like, um, he's saying, Warren's saying, these churches will be like lights, shining in a dark place, and bring light to the world. Uh, Warren said, the more lights, the brighter the world will be. His view is that a second reformation is needed, and that people of various faiths, can be part of it, and it has been documented time and time again. Listen to Warren's description of this new reformation. He said, quote, Who is the man of peace in any village? Or it might be a woman of peace. Who has the most respect? They're open and they're influential. So in other words, you go into some, let's say, village in, he's saying, like, let's say Rwanda. Okay, so who's the man of peace in that village? Okay, or the woman. Who's, most, who's the most influential? Then he goes on to say, they don't have to be a Christian. In fact, they could be a Muslim. But they're open, and they're influential. And you work with them to attack the five giants. And that's going to bring the second reformation. That's going to bring the coming one world religion. Yeah, you better believe it. Rick Warren, May 23rd, 2005, Pew Forum on Religion, said... The second Reformation he is contrasting with the first Reformation is when Christians broke away from the Catholic uh, Church 500 years ago. Um, so this is, this is what he's contrasting it with, okay? the actual first Reformation. How can he say that a Reformation from God could include Muslims and those of other religions? And practicing homosexuals. What kind of reformation would that be? Will it be like the one the Bible warns about that will come in the last days when mankind will bow down to one leader, the Antichrist? Yep, it's the same one. 
It's the exact same one. He's on the, really, this guy is really on the spear tip of the coming one world religion. On at least the, the Christian, you know, uh, infiltration of that. He, this guy is right on the spear tip. Many, many centuries ago, man attempted to reach God because he considered himself equal to God through the Tower of Babel, according to Genesis 11. God dispersed man and confounded his plans because they were not plans that gave glory to the creator of the universe. Is not an interfaith plan to unite all faiths together in order to, quote, reach God and to heal the planet, equally displeasing to God. These Tower of Babel plans do not bring glory to God. They attempt to deify man. And this and in this newest effort by man, has not Jesus Christ been left out? Only through the acceptance and faith in his blood atonement can any man or woman be united with God. All other attempts are attempts to enter in through another door. John 10.1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the, th- the same is a thief and a robber. During the time that Roger Oakland and his co-researchers were at the Blair Warren Forum at Saddleback this past week, the team only heard one Bible verse mentioned. It was quoted so quickly it was hard to recognize if it was a verse or a paraphrase of a biblical verse. Clearly the word of God, in other words, was not included as any kind of crucial element in this interfaith plan to save the world. No, they have to totally leave the God of the Bible, the God of the word, out of this. Because he is offensive to this this coming unity, this coming one world religion, he is offensive. He is the chief enemy of it. So they're going to have to just totally leave it, leave the Lord Jesus Christ out of this dialogue. So while the UT team was in attendance at the forum, uh, there was nothing mentioned about Jesus Christ in this global peace plan. Although Blair did say the phrase, Our Lord, on one occasion, the shed blood of Jesus and the finished work of the cross was never mentioned. There was no gospel message given either. Although Saddleback is considered to be a Christian church, it, it is, and its pastor is considered to be, uh, by many, to be America's foremost and most influential pastor, it was hard to tell if this was really the case at the forum. It seemed like we were in Babylon, one member of the UTT team said, stated as he listened to the interfaith discussion and looked at the flowing fountain that forms a downhill river provided as a special attraction for those who are lining up to enter the sanctuary. Strict security measures during the forum gave an even more foreboding atmosphere. Roger Oakland was reminded of the heavy security that the Pope is uh, protected by his own secret service in Rome. Even though he's got the old Pope mobile going. Uh, by the way, many who read the article may not be aware that Tony Blair has special entrance to see the Pope of Rome now, that he has become a Roman Catholic converted away from the Anglican Church. Indeed, Tony Blair and Rick Warren are very important players in the coming one world religion. As an aside, Rick Warren seems to be getting thinner by the day. People entering the sanctuary were handed an advertisement for the uh, Daniel Diet Plan that has been inspired and created by Rick Warren's own New Age guru, Dr. Oz, Dr. Amen, and Dr. Hyman. We've done a whole study on that recently. All three Saddleback health experts are advocates of the Eastern meditation. According to New Age leaders, meditation is the vehicle through which the masses of people will enter into the Aquarian world where man realizes his divinity and that God dwells in all things. Going further, Roger Oakland believes that this one world government and one world religion that Rick Warren and Tony Blair are pushing will come about through such means 
um, will come about through such means. And they give a link to a book called Faith Undone. Rick Warren himself has been promoting contemplative mystical teachers for many years. Will this contemplative mysticism he advocates help to bring about this purpose-driven world? The woman who coined the term New Age uh, was the cultist Alice Bailey, believing that we were on the threshold of a new spiritual awakening. She, had, she said that this new enlightened age would come not around the Christian church, but rather through it. Wow. I mean, this is a lady that, um, you know, you have Madam H.P. Blavatsky, and then you've got, you know, Alice Bailey, and you look at their books, and if you go up to Matreya's website, Benjamin Kremen Matreya's website at Share International, the UN-sponsored website, and Matreya claims to be the fifth Buddha, he claims to be all of the things that all of the major religions are waiting for, all rolled up into one package. The fifth Buddha to the Buddhists, the Imam Mahdi to the Muslims, the Christ to the Christians, the um, Messiah to the Jews, and Krishna to the Hindus. And he's also one other thing he says. He's one other thing. But um, if you go up there and look at their recommended reading list on Share International's website, the main books they emphasize are Alice Bailey and H.P. Blavatsky. Alice Bailey in particular. And this is the woman that coined the term New Age. And she says that this enlightened New Age that's coming is not going to come around the Christian church, but rather through it. Now she said this, I believe back in the 20s, in the 30s, all of her books were essentially channeled communications. They were channeled through demons written through different ascended master, high-level fallen angels, essentially. She's saying that this New Age of Enlightenment is going to come through the Christian church. Not around it, but through it. Now, obviously, this is the apostate, lukewarm Christian church that we're seeing uh, increasingly by the day. She said the outer layers would initially be kept intact, meaning Christian terminology would still be used, but the changes would take place obscurely from the inside. Is not this what we are witnessing happening right now through the purpose-driven, contemplative, emerging, interfaith church? Absolutely. It's insidious. It's ongoing. It's, in a certain sense, it's subtle, I guess. I mean, to me it seems flagrant, but I believe to people inside it, it's very subtle. It's very, it's progressing toward this. But this is what Alice Bailey predicted. Rick Warren and Tony Blair share much in common when it comes to plans for the world. One thing they share is their views on the problem with what they term fundamentalism or extremism. Blair states that, quote, religion must be rescued from extremism and irrelevance and used as a force for good at a time of global turmoil. Rick Warren says uh, he predicts that fundamentalism of all varieties will be the one of the big enemies of the 21st century. What kind of fundamentalism, he says? Muslim fundamentalism, Christian fundamentalism, Jewish fundamentalism, and secular fundamentalism. He says they're all made, motivated by fear, fear of each other. And he's coming down on Christian fundamental. Why? Because that's why they don't quote no Bible. 
when they have a, when they have a, a, a forum like this. They can't. They got to get away from the Word of God. They cannot even forget. You know, they're just going to have to say it's an irrelevant book at some point, or or or, or have such a watered down version that it's not going to offend anybody. But Chris War- Rick Warren goes on to indict Christian fundamental. What does that mean? It means that you're fundamental to the faith of to your faith. Now, in order to be a fundamental Christian, you're going to have to adhere to the Word of God. The fundamentals of the Word of God. That's all it means. Being fundamental to your faith. Well, he's against that. He says that's one of the biggest enemies of the 21st century. That's what Rick Warren thinks about Christianity. May the Lord Jesus Christ rain down his fury on that devil and all his ilk that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God. Unbelievable. Uh, Blair and Warren discussed their views on extremism and fundamentalism at the forum last week. Will Bible-believing Christians be included in their definitions of fundamentalism and extremism in near days to come? Absolutely. He's already indicted Christians who... I mean, he, he had, you know, he had a lot of some words to say about people that were coming against his, you know is this health initiative that we reported on extensively. You know, and he, what he just tries to do is spin, spin the uh, words when he's saying, you know, like he had said something to the effect of, you know, it's just meditating like you meditate on the word of God. No, 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 no. You lying devil, fork-tongued devil. It has nothing to do with that. The type of meditating you're advocating through, through your three New Age mystic doctors, the Hyman and Oz and Amen, all devils who, you know, one of them is, is promoting, um, you know, tantric sex yoga. One of them is promoting Reiki. And the other one's promoting meditation. They're all really promoting it all together, but they have more emphasis in one particular area. It has nothing to do with biblical meditation. Like the Bible would say, sila, meaning, you know, contemplate and, and think on these things and deep contemplative thought. On, on the word of God. That, that is not the kind of meditation that they're bringing into the church. It's Eastern mysticism. It's emptying your mind. It's doing the exact opposite and letting these devils and demons come in and possess you and maybe concentrate on a particular vowel or something you repeat over and over. Repetitive prayer, which the Bible really condemns. And probably for that very reason. Going further... In a 2008 video statement, Tony Blair described his ambition to help bring about the United Nations Millennium Development Goals. Isn't that kind of funny? That, well, it doesn't seem like whatever a report on it always seems to come back to the United Nations being at the the um, you know some type of forming some type of foundation or backbone of whatever evil that we tend to report on. In view of Saddleback's recent day-long health seminar promoting the Daniel Plan, where the UN Agenda 21 ideas such as sustainable living, going green, and smart growth were used. How interesting it is to note that Blair's appearance just a few weeks later at Saddleback, because Tony Blair um, is trying to bring about the United Nations Millennial Development Goals. And I believe those are the same goals we reported on with Chuck Missler. The exact same goal. I mean, these are horrific, 
horrific Big Brother New World Order flagrant. I mean, if it's from the United Nations, it's going to be so in your face, so flagrant, so Big Brother, so basically Antichrist, false prophet oriented. It's going to make your head spin. So it's kind of funny that Blair shows up, you know, a few weeks after Dan, uh, Warren kicks off his this uh, thing, this um, Daniel plan. Uh, very, very similar in their goals. Is Rick Warren allowing the influence of the, of the United Nations in, into his church and possibly into tens and thousands of other churches around the world? At the World Economic Forum in Davos in 2008, Rick Warren claimed that he led a very small network of about 500,000 churches. But that's well over 2 million, 200 million people. Roger Oakland and his team found the peace in a globalized society forum utterly troubling, to say the least. They said, quote, We will have to warn that a judgment is ahead for Christianity that is not Christianity at all. Oakland stated that after the forum. Judgment is coming and few seem to be ready. Titus 2.13 tells us that we should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. What has become more obvious every day to some seems amazingly hidden to mainstream Christian leaders. The ones that should be shouting the loudest. The ones that have been entrusted with big, huge congregations. You know, these pastors. They're the ones that should be shouting the loudest, but they're totally yoked up in their 501c3 corporate lukewarm status. And they're not supposed to speak out over things like this. And they, a lot of them, a lot of this is, comes from brainwashing from the cemeteries, I mean the seminaries they went to. And they don't want to speak out against anybody. And they don't want to do this. And they, oh, we can't judge. And these, that, we're supposed to judge them that are within the Bible's very clear about that. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 5. The Bible says he was spiritual, judgeth all things. The, Jesus Christ said, judge righteous judgment. Those are things we should be doing. When you don't judge is when you're a hypocrite and you have a beam in your own eye and you judge the speck in your other and your brothers. That's when Jesus Christ condemned judging. But because there is no judgment in the church, that's the reason the church is the shape it's in. Most, for, it's a big reason, it's maybe not the only, but it's a big one. Not one well-known leader has called out Rick Warren and publicly challenged him. On the contrary, there is either silence from these leaders or worse, yet a public display of embracing... Now, I, when it says not one well-known, I, I think there's, I'm sure there's many, but I think at a certain level, there's not one well-known. Okay, is what they meant to say. On the contrary, there is either silence from these leaders, or worse yet, a public display of embracing and resonance. Popular teacher John Piper invited Rick Warren to speak at his Desiring God conference. That guy's a wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm sorry. You may, you may like him and all this other stuff, but i got a whole document on him that documents his actions. And I mean, it is horrific. You, <laughs> Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. This is the day and times that we need to watch out most mightily for this. I, I tell people, don't follow me. Now, I'm not trying to, to go around deceiving anybody. But don't put your trust in me. Put it in the word of God. Do your own homework. Seek these things out. Be like the Bereans. Seek these things out to see if they be so. Because they were more noble than those of Thessalonica because they did that. That's how the Bible describes the Bereans. 
Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. These are just things we should be doing. So, um, let's go on further. Uh, popular teacher John Piper invited Rick Warren to speak at the Desiring God Conference. Calvary Chapel founder Chuck Smith stood in front of thousands at Greg Laurie's Harvest Crusade and introduced Rick Warren as his friend, uh, allowing him to pray with the crowd. That guy, I could do a whole study on John Piper and Chuck Chuck Smith. Easily. Easily. The problem is, is there's so much apostasy going on. And I've got so much, because I'm trying to basically deal with all the day-to-day stuff of this ministry, that it's almost impossible for me to get to everything. Um... I try what do what I can do, but these current event studies tend to be the best way to do that because I can cover a lot of topics in one study. For me to focus in on one thing is really tough anymore. Uh, going further, has there been an outcry by Christian pastors or leaders to these occurrences? No, and the silence is deafening. The Bible makes it clear there is a coming false peace plan that will be headed up by the Antichrist sometime in the future. For when they shall say peace and safety, then shall sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.3. Some readers may be asking, why did Roger Oakland and his co-workers attend this forum? Or why did Lighthouse Trails or Roger Oakland write this report? The answer is simple. Because we love the gospel and know its message is the only hope for any person. In connecting the dots, as this report attempts to do, we believe it is a biblical mandate for believers to contend earnestly for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints, according to Jude 1.3, and warn those who are in spiritual danger. For the Bible-believing Christian, there is an alternative. Though the cost for taking a stand can be high, resulting in the loss of friends and associates, but it is not a small price to pay in comparison to what our Lord has done for us on the cross. Absolutely. And again, when they say that there's, they wrote this because it's a biblical mandate for believers to earnestly contend for the faith, according to Jude 1.3, and warn those who are in spiritual danger, that's why I do what I do. That's why this ministry exists. For those reasons. I don't call myself a pastor, just a watchman. I'm just trying to state the obvious here. I mean, the stuff that we report on every week is just pretty easily to, easy to document. This isn't, you know, crazy theories that we're, 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 we're documenting things that have happened. And not to say I've never got anything wrong, but I mean, um, this stuff is really flagrant that we're talking about here. Uh, the Bible goes on to say, but if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, he and, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but the, his blood will I require at the watchman's hands. Ezekiel 33, 6. Well, amen. Uh, there is a peace plan coming on earth, but it's not the Lord's peace plan. There is a false peace, and it will deceive many. Ezekiel thirteen ten says, because even... Because even because they have seduced my people, saying peace, and there was no peace. And again, that's true. They're saying that there's all this peace coming, and all, but it's not. It's not real peace. It's a lie. <clears throat> Ezekiel seven twenty five says, "Destruction cometh, and they shall seek peace, and there shall be none." That's very true. Second uh, Chronicles fifteen five, and in those times was there no peace. To him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of all the countries. 
That's true. Uh, and what I do at the end of this, I give you the uh, two links to my recent study on Rick Warren's latest demonic trap exposed, the New Health and Wellness Initiative, promoting tantric sex yoga, meditation, and Reiki. Uh, I'll give you the two links there. You can click on those. I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we'll go to part two next. God bless you. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's drjohnson at the letter I, the letter X, dot N-E-T-C-O-M dot com. With the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.